This week on the Short Code Podcast, Tenemé Kone and some minority pre-medical students school me on why medical schools find it so hard to attract minority students and what programs like our Summer Health Professionals Education Program are doing about it. This Short Code Podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, but I want you to ask yourself, look, look deep into your soul. Okay. In fact, close your eyes and ask yourself, is that really the most important thing right now when I have co-hosts to introduce? No, it isn't. Say hello to some special guests, undergraduate students in the University of Iowa Summer Health Professions Education Program, or SHPEP, <laughs> as I like to call it. Do you guys call it SHPEP? Yeah, we call it SHPEP. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. SHPEP. <laughs> Uh, first of all, we have Yasmin Rose. Hi. Uh, Yasmin, what, uh, what are you looking at as your future profession in healthcare? I'm looking at hopefully being a future physician. Okay. Uh, next, say hello to Christine Pham. Hi. What are you, you going to do? Um, I have an interest in medicine and public health. Oh, okay. Next up, it's Gil Osuna Leon. Your, uh, your future job in healthcare? I also have an interest in public health oh. and family medicine. Great. And Martin Rosenfeld. Uh, I have an interest in one day being a neurosurgeon, and I'm thinking about public health, but we'll see about it. All right. Fair enough. You've got plenty of time to decide, I think. And their mentor, is that right? Is, that, is, there, is, it, is it right to call you a mentor? Tenemé Kone is here. We'll, we'll, he will one day be some sort of physician. I'm thinking neurology right now, but it's still on the fence. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you for coming, guys. I appreciate your being here. And I need you to describe what the uh, Summer Health Professions Education Program is all about. Okay. And so uh, the goal of the Summer Health Professions Education Program um, is to really train uh, underrepresented, commu underrepresented communities and give them um, the tools and the information that they'll need that will help them in higher education in the health field, whatever that may be. That's kind of the main goal. So, you know, as I understand it, um, there's a real need for this. You know, diversity is a problem in medicine. Um, it's one thing, it's, it's something that medical schools are really aware of and, you know, they're, they're working towards diversity. They have been for um, many years. Um, but one of the comorbidities for this problem is that there aren't enough minorities actually applying mm. to medical school. And... You know, so for instance, just to throw out some numbers there, you know, 62% of the U.S. population is white, 17% is Hispanic, 13% is black, 5% is Asian. Um, so that gives you sort of a baseline for what we could expect as people coming into medical school. But 60% uh, of students entering med school uh, between 2013-14 and 2015-16 academic years 60% of those have been white, 22% Asian, 10 Hispanic, and 8% black. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So, you know, and, and that causes problems for healthcare. 
Um, it causes problems for patients. Um, things like health disparities in which people of color are treated differently from white people and have worse medical outcomes. Um, and of course, there is the obvious problem of equality in medicine. So that's some of the things that medical schools are sort of working against with programs like SHPEP, which I cannot say <laughs> without going SHPEP. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things that we heard about in the news this week was uh, this woman in Canada, she was at a doctor's office or, or uh, some similar place, and she was recorded on video uh, saying that she didn't want her baby to be, or her child to be taken care of by a black doctor. She wanted a white doctor. And that, of course, is horrible. Um, and I think that uh, what was interesting about it to me is that, you know, like it was so it was so public. People were outraged. And that I find interesting, especially because you would think that, you know, if that was if that was something that this lady had in mind, she would just keep her mouth shut because we're all, you know, a little bit racist. You know, the, the best of us have ideas in our head that are incorrect and that cause us to behave certain ways. And hopefully we're trying to you know, not behave in those ways. But this lady in particular was so public that it was amazing. Martin. Oh, uh, oh that's uh, your cue. Uh, well, um, so I have, a, I have a lot of feelings with this just because I've dealt with a lot of uh, overt racism and, you know, not so overt racism. Um, and this was a very like public case of, of her saying very clearly that I would like my child to have a white doctor versus having a brown doctor or a black doctor. And uh, a lot of this, a lot of it stemmed from her thought that, you know, uh, the quality of care that her child is going to get is going to be different if she goes to a white doctor versus her going to a person who's of Hispanic, a doctor who's of Hispanic descent or a doctor who's of, you know, uh, African-American descent. Um, and I think that's completely, completely incorrect. And, I just I don't I can't understand her her thought process and how she thinks that a, a color of a person's skin determines their ability to deliver a certain service and it's because you know the healthcare and and get delivering child to, uh, delivering healthcare to her child it it doesn't make sense and it's honestly mind boggling with the amount of you know uh, schooling that people go through like you know think you think like education and then all the the more social awareness that we're having today that somebody could still think that it's just it's astounding absolutely astounding I definitely agree and I also see the fact that it's easy to focus on how progressive the healthcare field is and how many advances that we're making but then you hear things like this and it just shows how far we have yet to come and I agree with the schooling where we all go to school for 15 plus years and my education will be no different than the people sitting next to me and to say that the healthcare that I will give a patient is better or less than theirs is completely inadequate and just shows that they are in a sheltered mindset from I don't even know how far back. And it's showing that they aren't able to adapt of people of color being able to adapt in fields that they weren't socially seen as back in the 70s and 80s. You didn't see a lot of minority physicians back then, but now we have more because that's who the majority of people that are seen. It's a lot of low-income minority people that are seen in the healthcare field. And it's shown that 
when patients are the same racial background as their physicians, they feel like they can relate more commonly. They feel like they're less judged. They feel like they can be more open. And that is why we need more students in the healthcare field that are of minority descent. But I also do want to comment on the fact that people were so outraged by what she said in the media. But you also sit and wonder, I wonder how many people were sitting there saying, wow, I totally agree with her. Because there probably are those select few people in the United States, not select few, but probably more, that agree with her decision. And there are people that they don't see us as equals. And that's what's challenging is that we will go through all these hardships and we'll become doctors and we'll still have people say that we aren't good enough, that we are less than just because of the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tana let's talk about Shepep then as, you, as, as their mentor. Their, Our light. their guiding light. <laughs> what is it that you and Shpep is tr- are trying to do um, that's important here? Okay, uh, so the goal of Shpep is mainly to um, equip underrepresented underrepresented communities um, in the health field to get to to get them better um, set up to one day. Uh, reach for that higher level of ed- education if they choose to in the future. Um, and so that's kind of the overall goal. Okay. So what, what kinds of things are you doing in, uh, in, in, in the program? In the program so far, we've been having like guest speakers and the whole program has also been comprised of lectures like where people like come in and give us their like experience like as minorities in healthcare and like how we can navigate through the system, mm-hmm. what potential opportunities there are for us as minorities, and just teaching us like the thought process behind like how to just navigate and get to medical school eventually. Mm-hmm. Also, we like experience like other experiences from our peers that are also minorities. We like discuss like just like um, how hard it is to like um, excel in a lecture at like a university level and. Yeah, we just like communicate each other with like our experiences and it has been like an amazing experience so far. And you guys do things like you even go to like anatomy lab and, yeah. and yeah. do some like, so you know, quote unquote real that. real med student <laughs> stuff, for instance. Yeah. 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 And it's it's super exciting. And another part of the program that I think is a really big important part is offering us sort of that mentorship and mm. sort of leading us in to telling us what to look for and what not to look for, which is certainly harder to do, would be harder to do if we weren't part of this program, finding those mentors and finding, because when you're isolated and you you try to find a mentor, it's like, there's nobody who looks like me. There's nobody who, you know, who I I feel like I can really relate to. Um, But here in this program, they're sort of introducing us to them and them to us and allowing them to kind of guide us on our journey into our respective public or our respective health fields. Yes, I find like that a common theme between many of the guest speakers is networking with like health professionals mm-hmm. in the field. They find that it's important to have those like people above you that can just carry you up to where their position is. Exactly, because I feel like with pre-medical students, like they said, it's a blind leading the blind. If you ask each other for advice, we're probably all going to go in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So actually having someone there who's experienced and who has been there to give us factual advice other than the internet that wants to tear us down 24-7, it's super important because I think, speaking for me, if I didn't have mentors, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. What I really love about this program is just how like you can see the the reach of the healthcare field. So. I'm glad that they don't just focus on pharmacy or medicine, but we also have programs in public health and uh, dentistry as well. Mm -hmm. So um, 
in the in the mornings we usually have lectures where everyone no matter what track you're on we're all we have all have like the same exposure to these different fields and i'm glad that um you do that because you're able to see like say because i am in the public health track but i'm also able to get information and guidance from people in dentistry nursing and medicine as well but um it's just really nice because you're finally in a place where you meet people with the same passions that you have and mm-hmm. the, you, you see people that are successful in the same fields but they also have different um passions and d- diverse backgrounds as well yeah so that's just really eye-opening to how broad the healthcare field is yeah i think one of the things that holds people back from applying to medical school from my read it's just a lack of mentorship a lack of understanding that you know i can i can do this you know here's the path that i can you know that i can take and here's somebody who can show me that that path um super important for anybody to get into medicine i think going off that it's also important to kind of like if you're looking down a path um that you want to take it's also helpful to see that there's people ahead of you that have made that journey and it helps uh, make the journey seem more realistic. Yes. And so you're not just like going out on a limb trying to be the first, you know, black, Latino, Hispanic, like whatever person to mm-hmm. go to that field. So I think the more people we get uh, that are underrepresented in higher education, the, the easier it's going to be for people who are thinking about going to, to look and say, oh yeah, there's people like me at higher levels, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You said that a lot better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna treat you guys, I wanna use this opportunity to to like almost do like a focus group of pre-meds, oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, minorities, whatever, whatever uh, hat you wanna wear for this. I want to find out more about you guys because I feel like that will help me, you know, do a better show. All right. So I'm going to ask you some questions and you guys can talk among yourself about the answers. Well, I mean, you know, you're on a microphone. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's start here. Which would you pick? Being a world class, attractive person, a genius or famous or famous for doing something great? I think the first option. (laughs) (laughs) Martin would pick the first option. I mean, I definitely would pick the famous for doing something great. I feel like if you're able to get to a place where you're doing what you love and you just happen to become famous because of it, it's just a double win. But at the end of the day, if you're doing everything that you love, you're going to be happy no matter what. And if people love you with it, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm killing life. I would also agree with the last option. Um, I think what I just really want to do is to have an impact. Mm. And so to be able to do something great is always like, it's already awesome in itself. But I feel like if you get, if you become famous because of it, you're also, so um, have this platform to kind of expand on what you're already doing. So I think that's like my number one option. (laughs) Okay. No, yeah, I also agree with the last option. Martin being hot. Martin's going to be hot. Okay, I'll explain myself after he goes. Okay, so I would would go with fame uh, because that gives me a platform. So I would like to be famous, but also educated. I don't really care if I'm famous for for what I know, but I feel like in our society, there's the people who 
who get like the biggest mic seem to know the least and the people who are educated have like really <laughs> tiny really tiny mics i mean I, I mean in terms of the public sphere not in terms of the podcast are you are you saying <laughs> all right i think i know what you're saying here <laughs> uh martin would you care to would you care to revisit your answer uh, actually do you want me? Oh, do you want me to explain my reasoning behind mine? Wait, I, I, I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna add on to Christine's idea where you have like a platform, and if I feel like if you do something famous for like, or if you become famous for doing something great, you're like more influential to people right. more like you. <laughs> Martin. Okay, now I finally get to defend myself. Uh, no, so um. My reasoning is, well, it's not so much the attractive part because, I mean, I, I already got that down. <laughs> yeah, but, that but that what, is true. But oh, what, what, gets it, what attracts me is sort of kind of like the world-class part. I've always wanted to operate on more on like a, a larger sort of platform and sort of that world-class like operating, that world-class platform that I can operate for seems like I can have much more reach in it. Um, and I've always wanted to do, you know, contribute, continuously contribute to, uh, to you know, the field of medicine and to make things better for other people. And I feel like as a world-class, whatever I'm going to be in the future, I'd be able to do that. I would pick world world class attractive genius and famous <laughs> for doing know that something was an great <laughs> wasn't an option but that's what i would pick <laughs> all right so let me uh if you could change one thing about yourself what would it be oh we're diving deep, deep. <laughs> i guess my caffeine addiction <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something my friend that is not going to change <laughs> that school is not going to give you any impetus change that all right. I would definitely change how hard I am on myself. I think that sometimes I can have unrealistic expectations of how I want to academically perform, not only in the classroom, but then what I want to do extracurricular to just make myself feel fulfilled at the end of the day. And I feel like I can wear myself out and burn the candle at both sticks. And I don't want to do that because I have a long road ahead of myself. But just I feel like it's very easy being a pre-medical student to say you can't versus getting your hopes up and saying you can. I'd rather prepare myself that I can't do this rather than get my hopes up and then, then be crushed by somebody else. So I need to get better at surrounding myself with people that believe that I can do it so that I can keep up a positive attitude. Because I know that pre-medical students, they're sharks, man. <laughs> they, they, Ooh. it is a bloodbath. They, I've had students who are like, it's like, hey, what's, <laughs> what's the chapters for the test? And they'll be like, 19 through 27. It's like 19 through 30. And I'm like, Okay. Get All right. So I've heard this before and I, you know, like, so let me do a little plug for the Carver College of Medicine. <laughs> that shit doesn't seem to happen here. And I think it's, I think we have this culture where we sort of help each other. Yes. Uh, we, like I'm a med <laughs> But you know, you guys help each other out. Yeah. So here, um, like my grade doesn't affect someone else's grade because everything is benchmarked and we have like honors and your honors designation um but that's just if you do well enough in the class and i think like i think that's percentage based mm -hmm. but most people most people that want honors are able to get it if they put in the work so i i think even from that it's still very like it's beneficial for you to help other people because things that you don't understand someone else will then be able to help you mm -hmm. with and so everyone kind of helps each other and so as a result we're all able to pass and we're all able to do well and we're all and we're all able to hit the goals that we set for ourselves um i mean i was never really aiming for honors but you know if it happens it happens i don't really care that much about it 
but I'm just looking to learn as much as I can and move forward. So th- those are my goals anyway with education. I think I think part of the reason uh, that you know it's such a competitive environment for pre-med is because as a pre-med student you're continuously hearing like you know and not everybody's going to make it like they only have so yeah. many spots you can get into med school mm-hmm. and 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 sort of they they kind of say like they kind of make it seem like there's this pyramidal effect which I mean I guess there in there sense there, there is um but that doesn't necessarily like contribute to a very like constructive sort of everybody helping each other out because they're telling you like you look you oh they only going to accept this amount of people this in in a year and you need to you guys have to like if you're not on top of it then you know and so it's not you, when you feel like that you that there's a limited amount of spots and there's thousands of other people applying that you, you feel like you know you have to like do what you can to you know ensure your own spot and sort of that that sort of environment is not very constructive to to working together yep it's a good point going mm-hmm. off of what uh, martin said i feel like that attitude also kind of impacts how pre-meds view themselves so we're always like trying to get the best grades get the best research jobs trying to do all these things to boost your resume and then you don't find the time to reflect upon yourself like oftentimes you don't find the time to see really what you're passionate about and mm-hmm. then it slowly like eventually this becomes an identity crisis where you're, you're like i'm a pre-med but what does like what does that mean like what does that mean for my life does am i really passionate about being a doctor or do i just like want the title yeah and, and, and that's also true for medical students too i mean you know we medical schools do a lot um, or try to do a lot to like say, okay, you need to reflect on what you're becoming. And that is important. What's really hard is that there's not a lot of time to like engage in those thoughts, just like you said, just to engage in that reflection and think about it. So you got to find time to do it. No, but that's like, what's the blessing of this program in particular? We're like exposed to like different Mm -hmm health professions. I didn't consider public health at all before this, but I'm actually switching my major to public health from bio. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Makes me That's so cute. happy. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Um, I have to say though that this program has actually been really excellent at not fostering that sort of competitive mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. It's been it's been honestly I have to say that meeting the people that I have in this program has been absolutely amazing because they all come from so many different backgrounds and they all go so through so many different struggles and instead of making having those differences set us apart they actually bring us together and they the program is doing an excellent job of helping us sort of learn how to help each other if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and uh i I can say that i'm making a lot of friendships here that i think that'll be very like i'll know them from from years from now because because of the sort of environment that they're helping they're like making for us where it's not it's not competitive uh it's not a competitive environment saying oh some of you won't make it um so you have to you have to work as hard as you can to make sure Mm -hmm. that you're one of those spots then instead Mm -hmm. they're saying here we're gonna we're gonna give you what we can in order to make sure that you can make it and they're and then on top of that they're they're introducing us to us like people who have made it and saying and and they're repeatedly telling us you can make it you will make it Mm -hmm. you you have the ability to make it and so that kind of feeds into the uh, environment of like very constructive i guess and I feel also with this program that everyone was just so open from day one. I feel like sometimes when you meet other pre-medical or just pre-health students, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've never gotten a B. But here people are talking about the challenges they've overcome as an undergraduate mm-hmm. student or even a high school student and the problems that they'll face in the future. And I feel like instead of 
other people putting on a hard face and being like, oh, I have no challenges. We're like, wow, you have challenges. Here are my challenges too. And then we embrace each other. And then we move mm-hmm. forward and we talk about how we can better each other and be there for each other at the, at the end of the day. And it makes me so happy that like usually at, I don't know how other universities, but like at my universities, sometimes when I meet other pre-meds, they're like, oh, you're a pre-med. I'm a pre-med too. Yeah, that's cool. We want to go to medical <laughs> school. But then like at here, we're all like, we all have an interest in healthcare, but not only that, we're passionate about different things. So I'm meeting people that are like, I really am interested in women's health or mm. health literacy. And then um, you just see like the, like the broadness of healthcare just really like, yeah. makes me so happy. <laughs> so like the pre-med label implies that y'all are just a homogenous group of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like going climbing on MD. top of this pile of <laughs> other pre-meds and, but what you're saying is like there are differences. There are you know mm-hmm. things that you things that you want to accomplish that pre med just doesn't quite exactly. cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's the opposite pyramid. Like we all are pre meds, but we all want to go our different ways. We mm-hmm. all want to close different gaps of the healthcare system that we think need working on. And that's why I like it is it's completely backwards at a university. So, uh, Christine, you you have said uh, women's health, women's issues. By the way, <laughs> I'm on another podcast called the Vagabonds <laughs> podcast. I am the token male. Um, Corbin Weaver and Katie Verhoof are my co-hosts, and they are both medical students here, and we talk about lady business. So if that interests you, you could do that. You could go and see that. We've got seven episodes, or six episodes out right now, so just trying to put in a little plug there. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay, so going off of that, though, what are y'all's um, interests beyond getting into medical school? Well, I guess I can talk about that first. So, how? Well, I met my mentor at. I, a, by, by the way, I pointed at her only because she's the pretty. These two are the pretty much the only people I can see. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just jump in whenever you want. All right. So, um, I met my mentor at like a scholarship gala, mm-hmm. and so she walked up to me because I was discussing like my passion for medicine, why I want to do it, and everything. And mainly what she focuses on is Latino disparities in the community. And that's why I'm so interested in public health, because I can address those issues and even like extend like to LGBTQ populations mm-hmm. and everything like that. Okay. I feel like with public health and an MD major type thing, I can focus on a more wide level. So Particularly on health disparities. Yes. OK. Uh, Martin, you, you said neuro. Is there an aspect of neuro that you're particularly interested in? Um, I really, I really like uh, cert- or research in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am really interested in like research that has to do with you know the brain and, and how things work. Um, but uh, beyond that, beyond just neuro, uh, I'm really interested in social justice issues and really focusing in on the health disparities and like why things are the way they are. Um, and I think part of that is because, you know, my sister is going to be a lawyer. And so, you know, we have these type of <laughs> arguments and, and don't argue with my, it's not, it's not pretty future, future lawyers. The, yeah. Not, they tend but, to be pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah, pretty good at it. Like pretty job. good at it. Uh, but, um, but um, my other interests are like, I like music and I'm a musician. I, I mean, this, I didn't, I do a lot. I okay. Guess. Yasmin? That is something I've been struggling on a lot lately. Okay. I thought when I came to this program, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew when I hopefully would get into medical school, what career I would go into. And this, 
this program has really challenged my morals and my values and what at the end of the day what will make me really happy in 30 years and that's what I appreciate but it's it's scary I know I know what I'm passionate about I know that I want to be a physician I know I love helping people but at the end of the day, there are so many ways to do that and yeah. ways to give back. So I was very, I still am very into research. I've done research my freshman year and I didn't do it for the typical, oh, like research added on the resume. I did it because we need research to survive. I think that some people just think that we don't get the chicken pox because someone's just like, here, let's not get the chicken pox anymore. Like, no, that was money that was invested. That's in how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Research will save lives of millions of Americans like for futures to come. And I want to be a part of that more regenerative medicine, making sure that my great grandchildren aren't contracting this disease by the money. If we have money for research coming up Mm -hmm. today, but I know that I want to do a field with research. So I was thinking a lot about dermatology because I absolutely love the skin. But even more, when I heard about public health, I absolutely love the field of public health. I think that the opportunities that they have, they'd be able to fill me in many other ways that I may not feel fulfilled in the medical school, in the medical program, depending on what I decided to do. And I think that, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly white area. I was one of two African-Americans graduating from my high school. Mm-hmm. So I, the biggest thing that I want to do is I feel like I faced a lot of reverse discrimination to where people thought that I had it so much easier because of the color of my skin. And I think that was almost just as frustrating as being discriminated against because they were big people that thought affirmative action was the dumbest thing that's ever created in the United States. They thought that I didn't have to work as hard because I have my people of minorities have struggled so much that they feel like we don't have any struggles yet to come. Mm-hmm. And they think that it was just very disappointing situation. I'll yeah, I feel like that that comes from this idea that life is a zero sum game. Like exactly, you, you know, like mm-hmm. if if you know the gays are getting married or the, the black people are getting jobs, becoming doctors mm-hmm. or whatever, that there's less for me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? That's complete hogwash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but somehow, I don't know. It's I think it's a, it, you know, racism isn't a uniquely American thing, but at the same time, like in America, you know, you, you, you make money. You you're a self-made person. You're this, you know, and so that sort of creates this idea that my guess is that creates a, this idea that you know what you have i can't have mm-hmm. well so our society is just driven by money everything right. is just driven by how much you make your job what you do and i i personally think i can't prove this but i just think that as minorities we were seen as less than for so incredibly long and now that we are slowly rising up people are getting intimidated oh boy people, yeah people are like they used to be working for us and now we are going to have to go into them for help. Yeah. And I think that people are getting intimidated and some people are frankly getting scared and they don't want to see it anymore. They don't want to see that these predominantly white dominated fields are being taken over by minorities because they want to see change. They want to see happen. They they know the injustices that they've seen and they're like, I'm sick of sitting back. I'm going to go and I'm going to change things for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's shaking society up and I think that some people are embracing it and they're loving it and they're going with the program. And I think that there are people that are stuck in the mud and they're ultimately what's not allowing this change to happen and that's what's disappointing I think that in the program is what's fostering us it's showing that we are so much stronger as 80 individuals trying to bridge these healthcare disparities than we are as me trying to my, me trying to bridge one and Christine trying to bridge another and Martin trying to bridge one if we can come together we can accomplish this goal a lot better that wow. is very inspirational that is very inspirational <laughs> and that conveniently 
brings me to what I want you to do now. So as you can see in the middle of the table, we have some folded up pieces of paper. On those pieces of paper, don't look at them, on those pieces of paper are inspirational posters. Now, they're not just any inspirational posters. They are, they were created automatically by, <laughs> they were created automatically by an artificial intelligence called the Inspirobot, which I just, <laughs> which I found just yesterday conveniently. What I want you to do is pick up a piece of paper, no, one at a time. I'm sorry. Scott, wait, you, you pre-meds, you know, you're just, <laughs> uh, it, one of you grab a poster, <laughs> one of you grab a poster, pick it up, look at it, describe what you're seeing and read the words because this is a podcast, it's not a very visual medium, you've got to describe what you're seeing and then relate it to your life. Oh, okay. go ahead, Martin. What's the picture? Uh, so what I'm looking at is a picture of a bridge over water and there's a single biker on the bridge mm -hmm. and the word says the it says dreams will strangle your point of view. Oh, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> how, is, how is that true? Um, I think I think a lot. So I decided early on like uh, what field that I wanted to go into. Um, and I think that closed me off uh, that closed me off to a lot of the different opportunities that I'm just now exploring. So I only just recently uh, found out about the field of public health and how very interesting that it, it is. Um, You're just but, making Christine real happy. Christine's putting on public health. Well, and I just. I mean, because I, I was having trouble before. Yeah. I was having trouble before, like, kind of merging my interest of, like, social justice mm -hmm. and, you know, going into the field of neurology and neurosurgery. And so I thought I had to choose one or the other. Mm. Um, and that kind of, like, narrowed, like, sort of my view on what, what I needed to do and what I was able to do. But now I come here and find out that there's such thing as, like, a dual degree where you can get your MPH here and mm -hmm. your Master's of Public Health as well as getting your MD. And I think that this 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 the dreams that sh will strangle your point of view is definitely true because it can keep you from exploring those other interests and finding ways to connect those all right well done christine reach My into the turn. pile pick a random don't just pick one from the top girl you gotta, <laughs> you gotta reach in and there you go okay let's see okay so it's a picture of a beach and two people kissing. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a soul is just a sunken ship with all the fun parts removed. That's deep. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. <laughs> I think this is a really challenging one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we can come back to you. You have, you have, a, no. you have an idea? No. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. if you have an idea. I mean, no? a, a soul is just a sunken ship with the good parts removed, is that what it is? All the fun parts removed. All the fun parts see, I can removed. See yeah, the, I can see like, all the bad parts uh -huh. removed. It says all the fun parts. I'm like, isn't your soul like, when I think of my soul, I think of like dancing and yeah. grooving and <laughs> yeah, like, right. letting go. And when I think of all the fun parts, I think of like, my, like just getting sad. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know, whenever I think of soul, it's just like, what makes me me? Okay. And, mm -hmm what makes me me is what makes me happy I, 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 yeah i think so we could i, I think I we know. could say the ai probably uh <laughs> maybe missed the mark on this one that's okay that's okay i keep 
Keep working on it. <laughs> uh, Yasmin, go ahead. Grab a random piece of paper. Hope it's not as hard as Christine's. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's of a hot air balloon with, I'm going to say it's two bunny rabbits in it. The two things you need in order to reach a higher level of conscious con- consciousness is fresh vegetables and wings. <laughs> What? <laughs> so true, Inspirabot. <laughs> mm, this is definitely not as vague as Christine's, more concrete, but I'm not a huge Wings fan, so I don't know how applicable... I don't think... <laughs> so you think they meant buffalo wings? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said fresh vegetables, so I thought of a little celery in the wings. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. I didn't even... I was thinking of, you know, maybe... Metaphorical wings. I'm gonna go with the more metaphorical wings. I'm gonna go with the fresh vegetables because there's bunnies in it and that's what keeps them going. So, in order to reach the higher level of consciousness, I think you need what makes you happy. And to these bunnies, these fresh vegetables is what makes them happy. So for us to reach this higher level of where we want to be, we need to do what's making us happy. And I think that this program has Teneme. You wanna? (laughs) So I was I was thinking, let's get metaphorical with both of them. So metaphorical wings and metaphorical vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, most people like don't eat vegetables, but you have to eat them to stay healthy. So there's there's gonna be a, a degree of, of hard work and pain you're gonna have to go through to get to where you want to be. And you just gotta go through it and gotta get those wings and drink that Red Bull. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's go with uh, Gil, since you're since you haven't done one yet. Right. What I see is a uh, alligator sticking out of a lake like a water body of water and has like this creepy eyes creepy orange eyes and the quote is um knowing that you are unchanging is what makes you a fool so i like this one me too knowing that you are unchanging is what makes you a fool so i guess someone want to add on to this because i need to think a little bit about it i Oh, Tanime, do you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, well, so, wait, no? Yeah, yes? No, okay, so like, oh, God, this reminds you me... You can't always punt this, Okay, <laughs> this this reminds me of a What's song by by Rush. I f- I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, but okay. one of the lyrics goes like, um, changes aren't permanent, but change is. And so I think that's a really good quote that kind of explains that. So I think people need to be comfortable with the idea that things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and those changes may not last forever, but one thing that is certain is that those changes will eventually change as well. So change is constant. And I think that pe- the full part is people who think that change isn't necessary, necessary constantly, they're a fool. I think that people who think that today things are going amazing, that there aren't things that need to be changed, you're foolish, and we're going to stay in this stick in the mud, and nothing is going to change. And I think that being able to, maybe you don't agree with the change, but embracing it for what is happening and what's going on, that's what makes you become a better person. That's what helps you face adversity. That's what helps you ultimately better who you are. One last thought I had about this is, I guess just in our relationships as well, we make a lot of friends who we think are going to be around forever, but eventually... We have to move on because everyone has to finally, like, in the end, achieve their professional goals, go to wherever they want to go. So I just thought about relationships <laughs> when I read this. 
<laughs> just made yet. <laughs> you know, I, it, this reminds me of something I posted on Facebook the other day where it was like an analysis of how many friends we have as we get older. And uh, uh, the older we get, the fewer friends we have. Oh, In fact, um, you know, like so when you're, it is, it is sad. It is terribly sad. And as a 47 year old man, <laughs> I can tell you that. It's happening. <laughs> so hold on, hold on to your friend. So I had a, I had another thought about this, but like, I was just thinking I, as you were reading the quote that progress doesn't come without change. Mm -hmm. So I definitely am not the same person I was when I applied to college. Mm. Um, at the beginning, like when I was applying to college, I knew that I had a fascination with medicine, but um, like now I find that I do a lot of inspiration from my background. Mm -hmm. So I guess as a daughter of refugees, I never thought about um, the different health disparities that could be found in the immigrant or the refugee community versus, you know, just natural born, naturalized citizens here. Mm -hmm. And so um, after like reflecting a lot on that, um, I've changed a lot as a person and that really has drawn me closer to the field of public health and like coming here I've definitely changed in the one or two weeks that we've been here <laughs> and I've come to love public health so much more while still retaining you know my deep fascination with medicine awesome and so yeah no that just I, makes me super happy yeah, I can also relate to that message <laughs> like before I came into college and became a pre-med or whatever you want to call it um, I mainly just had a passion for the science of it mm -hmm. and the research of it. I never really thought about how bad it really is out there. There are disparities for minorities and um, just like being a pre-med and going through this, like I've only experienced my freshman year so far, but this like entire year has like manifested my love for like just like helping out disparities and especially this program has been really helpful in doing that. And I want to put in a plug real quick, sorry, about there are a ton of minorities in this program, but we also do have people in this program who aren't minorities. And I mm. think I enjoy that even more that they don't come from a minority background and they see these changing, they see the things that need to be changed and they want to help make a change. They understand that they have not maybe had it the way that some minorities have had it, but they're like, this is not fair. We want to be on this journey with you while you make this change because we see that it is unfair and we want to help you which is even more admirable. Mm -hmm. Well, Tanime, as we close out the show, why don't you share your uh, inspirational inspirational quote? Okay, so for mine, oh God, Lord. Okay, so it's a picture. Um, it's a lady, she is laying with her back on the bed. She's got one arm slightly bent, head just above her head. <laughs> The image is rather saturated with light. Um, she looks like she's just at that moment, just before you fall asleep with that burst of euphoria. And the quote says, you can't aim below the future. So I, I was sitting here just kind of chewing on this. And kind of what I got, I, what I got out of this is, well, first, the future is changing, and the future is what you make it, right? And so I think it's sort of saying that whether you choose to push your limits or not push your limits, your future isn't going to be below that. So I, I think it's saying in kind of a weird way that life is what you make it. And let's make it rock. Let's make it rock. Exactly. <laughs> what a great note to end the show on. Thank you. Thank you, Yasmin. Thank you, 
Christine, Gil, Martin for being on the show today. Um, I had a great time. I think I learned a lot from you guys in terms of who my audience is, partly the pre-med <laughs> section of the audience. So thanks so much for taking the time to hang out with me. Thank you for having thanks for us. Having us. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you, listeners, for making us part of your week. If you like what you heard today, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews like yours help us grow the show and feel good about what we're what you're doing. What we are doing. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you don't if you don't like what you heard today, let us know. Or if you have a suggestion for something we could talk about or seek our collective wisdom on life's slings and arrows, you can send any of those things to the shortcoats at gmail.com. Or leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Argo Fox. Talk to you in one week. Bye.